Hello, Sean. Hey, how's it going, team? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Always good. Well, um, thank you very much for bringing me to your house today to do this podcast. I was excited to talk to you, obviously. Um, you and I have a lot of history together. We kind of grew up alongside each other, I would mm-hmm. say. You know, we've been yeah. there since day one together. And, um, you know, you're, you're a pretty deep guy. I feel like you and I kind of connect mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways when it comes to philosophy and kind of being relatively on the same page with, with a number of different things. So, um, you know, why don't you start this podcast off today by telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Who am I? Well... I'm a lifelong Leduc resident, like yourself. Like you said, we have a history together in that sense, growing up alongside one another. And, you know, what am I? I'm, I'm an electrician from Leduc. I'm nothing special. I've, I play a little bit of music, but who I am is someone who wishes to live amongst the people I grew up with in a city I'm from, work there, earn an honest living, and build relationships with people around me. I, I'm nothing special. I'm just a citizen of Leduc now and always trying to live life as I see fit in a place around people I love. So who am I? I'm a part-time musician, a full-time electrician, part-time political activist, and an average Joe like everybody else around me. So I, I'm just like you, Zane. That's who I am. Well, that's great because that's what this podcast is about, being relatable and Mm -hmm. finding common ground. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly why I wanted to have you on board today. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the music thing because as we see behind me there, we got the Taking Juno picture. Yes, yes. And if I may say, Sean, I have to credit you because as you know, I'm a part-time musician as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember way back yonder when when you were a part of that band Mm -hmm. as a bassist, correct? Correct. I would say that that band pioneered the meaning of local music to me. Mm. That was kind of my first taste of local talent. Mm -hmm. And you guys kind of live on, even though you're defunct, you're not a band anymore. um, That lives on to me. And that really inspired me to to really care about where I'm from and pouring Mm. my local community side into my music. So thank you for that. Mm, of course, yeah. And it's so cool that mm. you were a part of that. You guys played live shows and everything, right? Well, let's talk about Taking Juno, I suppose. I mean, what was it? I, how it started, interestingly enough, was I was in an English class with our most successful musician of the group. He continues to play music. He's a wildly determined person. We were in English class and there was some introduction type thing. I said I liked Alexis on Fire. I believe it, it was something like that. I liked, you know, Bullet from My Valentine, Alexis on Fire. It might have been the 10th grade or maybe 11th grade. And Addison, I've known him my entire life. He's an unbelievable person. Uh, we played hockey together growing up, but we weren't necessarily from the same social circle. But he was like, oh, well, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, he talks to me. We play music at a church, you know, in the basement from time to time. Okay, well, you know, I'm not very good. I I just bought a bass. I'm not a musician. I want to be. My best friend's teaching me, but let's, I'm nothing special. Like never, you know. And so we go and they show me the ropes. I learned some covers. We learned some Alexis on Fire covers. We were obsessed. And eventually, you know, it it was mostly instruction. How much part did I have in, in the writing business? Though. What happened is we played for a while. We ended up getting a fantastic guitarist and still to today, one of my best friends, uh, one of the most musically talented people you could ever meet, uh, read in uh, so many ways. Uh, Determination similarly to myself. There's a reason why uh, our former drummer is the successful musician. But he's, he's remarkable. It totally transformed the band. And we became, we became, the camaraderie we built was, unlike anything other and you know many of us were amateur musicians we were very rookie myself particularly but when you're that when you build that big of a bond with people and you get that friendship and it became friendship and when the band broke up it was like losing I'm sure what losing a spouse would be what breaking up with a girlfriend would be because I don't see those guys anymore I don't see them I see one of them once every few years we don't talk but and that's that's they're 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 doing their thing and I'm doing my thing. But that camaraderie at that time, I think a reason why it lives on to some degree is it's very hard to create that genuine relationship. It's very hard to 
it was it was such a tight-knit group we did so many things together even if our social circles never fully lined up or anything but and part of it was you know showing me the ropes i learned incredibly from reed he, he, he my, my well i credit learning guitar and anything from my best buddy dale but uh he he showed me how to follow music how to learn after someone how to understand by hearing uh where where i should go next and I didn't have a whole lot of creative influence in the band and I'll, I'll never pretend I did, but it was something I wouldn't give up for the world. And I, I take tremendous pride in it. I have the photos here, the taking Juno poster. I have my, my side of the mountain poster, which was a fantastic band. We based out of Kelowna when we uh, were in college there for audio engineering. I'm a pretty poor audio engineer, but I believe it or not, I actually, I am an audio engineer <laughs> unpracticed, but I'll always hold on to that because I don't think I would trade any of that for the world. You know, I say I'm born and bred and never leave in this, this County, this area. And I'm not because this is where I'm from and this is the people I want to be around and why start over. But there was a year and a half where I was in BC. I went to college in Kelowna. I went to Victoria and I love playing live music. We traveled in a van. We uh, played shows. We played at our uh, concert hall in Okanagan college. I met people that are successful musicians playing Toronto Music Festival that I played in a band with. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I miss those guys too, particularly a good friend of mine, uh, Nicolo. He's in Victoria. He was, uh, we played in, we played live music together and it's just, it's camaraderie more than anything. I think that drives things more than people appreciate. There's one thing to be musically gifted, but there there's something to be said about just the union ship of friendship you know what i mean the union of friendship yeah and and finding something that you can all connect with mm -hmm. you know like music is especially uh powerful mm -hmm. when it comes to that you know if you guys like the same type of music yeah. naturally you're going to gravitate to each other mm -hmm. that's how all the the great bands in history did exactly yep so that's really cool um you know, just kind of on that note, you know, when you have those times of, of really special moments like you mm -hmm. did with Taking Juno, it kind of brings up an interesting topic that I wanted to discuss with you today in terms of how, you know, you and I kind of grew up around the same time. Mm -hmm. and, and I was just thinking about this recently. When I look back on 2008, mm -hmm. you know, essentially we were kids. And then I think about 2022, where we are today as adults. What a difference. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're hitting a point, us particularly, our generation, where we're starting to kind of see a real time gap here. You know how people who grew up in the 70s or 80s and, and compared to now, mm -hmm. them being older, mm -hmm. two completely different worlds. They hit a point where you started to see real change from what mm -hmm. you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that now. Technologically advanced um, things all around us. I mean, mm -hmm. we were sort of getting into a digital age in 2008, but, um, you know, we're really seeing a change now. And, and in a lot of ways, I think with the technology side, maybe starting to see some of the negativity being yes. associated with of that. Course. Well, I mean, who am I to speak on the matter? I guess every generation thinks that their generation was better than the next. So it's tough to judge while you're living in the present, but I would say the digitalization and the technological advancement, look, it doesn't make life easier in so many ways. Are we all uh, guilty of falling, of being seduced by the power of technology, being completely enthralled by it, being, uh, I mean, the amount of hours, if I could count the hours I was on my phone a day, it's ridiculous between investment, between trolling, just random things between looking at news, like look at all the things I could be doing differently. But there's a, there's, there, there's a diminished, communication among people nowadays and 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 who am i again i'm 28 years old i don't maybe i'm not at liberty to speak on this too much but you see it all around you you see it between things are in a virtual world now people have less face-to-face -face conversations people value localized work less in this globalized world you don't think of things that are inherently important to you and the immediate people around you, the ones you love, your friends and family. You're concentrated on issues that have no relevance to your life and it, it unfortunately, it, it consumes you. And people, I think we just lose, we lose the humanity in it all when we become NPCs. You know what an NPC is in a video game? Yep. I think, I can't remember the actual abbreviation, non 
some computer, either way. In NPC, we kind of have a society of that. We go through the motions. There's no genuine relationships taking place between people. It's few and far between. You can have conversations like this. And, and you try to have conversations like this, and it, they're shut down to some degree. It's tough to be such an extrovert and such a talker to to be who I am and who the people are around me. This is what I do in my free time. But there's there's a lack of willing to listen and there's lack of willing to communicate. There People are on ice at all times. You can cut the tension with a knife a lot of the times in, in, in places. We're so absorbed in almost this avatar mentality, whereas the people we portray ourselves to be in some sort of digital medium is somehow who we identify with as ourselves but we aren't spending enough time with the time-tested relationship building and union of of people who care about one another we're, we're we're too globalized we're not localized people don't have skin in the game in the way that they should you should care about the people around you i don't know my neighbor's name i don't know his name i've talked to him five times i've lived here for five years what the hell is that? I'm as guilty as anybody. But there is an issue. And I think digitalization is a big part of it. But also, you know, we work to live. It's a different world than it used to be. And a lot of people will say, oh, millennial, work harder. You know, things are different. You work to pay the bills. You don't have a whole lot of time for spending or for saving, I mean, and for building the proper relationships. I mean, it it's become a doggy dog world. And it probably always has. Maybe I'm just naive about it but i think there's certain certain external pressures on society that have caused the lack of humanity to some degree particularly in day-to-day relationships and and i don't think people are as close as they used to be yeah and don't excellent point but don't get me wrong too like I, i'm not anti-progress mm-hmm. i see the benefits with technology mm-hmm. like like one day with uh, genetics being able to give a heart to somebody or uh, grow a new organ that somebody needs. You know, there, there's obviously like great potential for technology. And I'm not trying to sound like a man from the Stone Age here. I use technology every day. I like technology. But just like you said, with, um, you know, taking away the humanity that we all possess, you know, mm-hmm. we forget that we live and we die. And it's a very short time on this planet. And with that comes the revelation that we need to just appreciate the simple things more. Focus on being present in the moment. Care about our relationships more. Take our eyes away from the screen and just focus on what's around us. Well, it's it's like it's it's like from the day you become sentient as a young person, you're conditioned in a certain way. And I'm not trying to get you know, you're conditioned in a sense that there's an expectation of society, there's an expectation of outcome, and you try to fall amongst those lines. There's a very rigid parameters of acceptable um, lifestyle, acceptable. Uh, it's very top down. It's very rigid the way we build relationships now, the way we, we look out on the world. And of course, I'm not anti-technology. How, how could I be? I mean, I use so much technology. I mean, it's wonderful, but I worry. And you particularly could say lots about this because you're from a religious background. I have very religious parents and I'm on a bit of a religious journey myself. It's, it's somewhat private and it's uh, something I'm going through with close friends of mine, but morality can't be lost and i worry with techno techno with not technology itself but i worry that some of the players that wield um exorbitant amount of power i don't know that their moral structure is where it should be i i believe very strongly and uh, many people who i hang out with many people who i've made friendships with particularly in the music industry um they have a completely opposite perspective of me but i do think morality and uh and maintaining that within your progress of technology progress isn't progress just because you've done something new you have to help people it's wonderful we always need to move forward with uh, medical we need to move forward with technology we need to we need progress but there has to be morality it has to be grounded to humanity it cannot become it cannot become a council of science you know where oh well the math says this where is the humanity where is the human element inserted into that equation that produces an outcome that actually benefits somebody, actually makes the world a better place. What's the point of it all if we're not trying to make things a better place? What's the point of mindless progressivism if all we end up with is robots serving your food, robots working everywhere, humans at home, depressed, on drugs, 
losing the humanity between people, their friendships with one another, we have to always bring it back to the human element. People are sentient, people love, and people care about one another. And we can't have a mathematical formula or a scientific formula running our lives, running our personalities. It's just, we have to be grounded. That's my position. That's how I think. That's why I think relationships are lost. I don't think a lot of people talk like this. Eh? No, and that's just it too with, with what we've been experiencing for a while now is is a lot of us are afraid to say things, mm-hmm. right? So we can't even really have a discussion about it, even if it might be you know one way this way or one way that way. I, I don't understand why we can't at least just talk about it. Uh, but, but people one-on-one, like I said, some tension, you can cut some tension with a knife when you're in a public setting. There's, we've lost the human element of it. And a big reason is, is the digitalization and the over-globalized um, domination of perspectives. You, you have to believe something that has already been put out there. You have to argue that with the rest of your, with all of your might, or else you might not be accepted in the crowd you're in. Why live like that? Why would you want to live like that? Who, who wants to be, who wants to be around people like that? But unfortunately there is a, a, I call it NPC, but there's a drone mentality. A lot of people know what's acceptable and why would you push the envelope? My entire, who I am, who I've always been is just someone that pushes the parameters. What is accepted as the rigid parameter of acceptable debate? I don't accept and I'll never accept it. And I don't care who tells me that that's not acceptable. Of course, you be, you always need common courtesy. And you should never dim- diminish someone based on something they truly believe because they're human beings and we should love all human beings. Whether you're religious or not, we are created equal and we are meant to care about another as if they were our brother. And we, you would see a lot less violence and issues in the world if we thought like that. But even in, in mono-e-mono conversation, there's hostility even if it's not open. That we, we need to get to a place of companionship, of conversation, of love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. But is that possible? Like we've seen some serious tension over the last couple of years, almost to a point where I have my doubts of it being to no return. Because it's just been that heavily ingrained, this conflict one against the other. A lot of us have changed how we live, how we look at one another. It's just complete division. So is it possible that we could see some level of peace again in this world? Yeah. I'm an optimist. I always try to have as much optimism as possible and look at things in a positive way. And above all else, maintain hope and faith. By no stretch am I a saint, but it can certainly be hard to accept someone's opinion. But it really isn't that hard to respect someone. That's how I was raised. Well, I think it has to start from the individual with the people around you. you People don't realize how far it goes just to pay it forward, I guess, just to have those conversations with people, to hang out with your friends, to to celebrate the things that make you friends. To, to We can get back to that way. It starts at the grassroots level. We get back to that way by a mass localization and a, a return how does it get there? Maybe it's conversations like this. I'm not 100% sure, but it doesn't hurt to have conversations like this. And it doesn't hurt to to always remember why you're friends with the people you're friends with, where your roots are. Don't So many people, they grow up in a city. Oh, I hate this city. I have to move. I was that same way. I went to Kelowna. Oh, yeah, I'm a rebel. I'm cool. What are you talking about? These are the people that raised you. This is the town that you grew up in. You have skin in the game. Are you... I don't do people obviously move many reasons. I'm not trying to diminish that, but you have to, you have to become localized. You have to really, really respect and appreciate the relationships around you and get back to the idea of caring about your friends, your family, those you love, and the rest falls into place. I I think I'd rather be back to where we used to be as kids when I didn't ask you what your beliefs were or no. your political affiliations were. I just, if you could shoot a hockey stick and a hockey puck into a net or you could climb a tree with me or build a fort, that's mm-hmm. all I cared about, you and, know? And I'm I'm more guilty of, of, 
uh, I don't, I would never, I'm more guilty of being a political person and maybe a thorn in the side of, of the world at times than, 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 you know, maybe I'm proud to admit, but you are correct. We, we have to appreciate things that make us human. The, the, the controversies in the world are not all of our lives. And why would you, they, they rush. There's so many things that are meant to divide us and things that would never come to your mind. And we have to be proud and and acknowledge that that no i'm not a bad person i would never assume i would never dislike someone because of their beliefs regard uh, unless it were a call to violence or something but i would never dislike someone from their religious belief their background anything we're human beings love thy neighbor whether you're religious or not you have to respect and care for and love your community and it's regardless of anything of any geopolitical force or any mass um, social movement, you have to respect and love those around you. And when I say love, I don't just mean, and I'm guilty. I, I hate to be a, a hypocrite, but we all are in many ways. You have to bring back humanity by, by caring about people around you. And that, you know, we can't get sucked into the vacuum of, of, of all these movements, all these different social things going on and lose sight of the whole point of being a human, the whole point of raising a family, of, of progressing as a species. It's, it's not, it's not a global game. It's, it's caring about the immediate people around you and being a good person. And we've lost sight of what being a good person is. We've lost sight of that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that it does say in the Bible too, that there's nothing impressive about loving the lovable. You have to be able to love your enemies as well. And I wouldn't even call them enemies. It's more so just like, you know, someone you don't agree with. Love's a choice after all. It's not just a feeling, it's also a choice. And if you choose to have respect for your fellow human, that's a pretty good start. That's a good code to live by. It's basic and most necessary. And just acknowledging your, your shortcomings is a very important part of any, of human growth. It's an important part. And I don't do enough of that and and I, sh I should do more of that there there's we we have to we have to get back to treating people with dignity treat, treating people with respect and growing your community and and like you said whether it's a religious background or not you have to have that moral grounding that foundation that humans are good and people are good and whether someone may be acting in a nefarious way deep down their natural instinct is good and 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 it just needs to be brought out and even it will be it we all humans are naturally good it's only conditioning and other controversies that lead them on a dark path and also recognizing too that things are always misconstrued and <laughs> that's okay uh, you know deep down everybody's just trying to do the best they can even in someone else's eyes, that might not appear so to the other. We're all just trying to do our best. And we have to have patience for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's all human growth. Um, we, we need to just continuously develop as individuals and try to put our best foot forward. That's an, you know, you know, that's an old saying. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's a little cliche. But you do have to put your best foot forward. It's, I've been going through a bit of a personal journey in the last few years, particularly with my close friends on what I value, what I believe, who I am on earth. It, it's, 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 you struggle through it. People think, well, you know, how, how could that be that hard? It is. It's tough to find out who you are, who your what your role is in the world, where you place your values and your beliefs. But at the end of the day, if you have people around you, it doesn't matter any of those things, as long as the people around you wish you the best and you wish and like you said, even your enemies, I should wish my enemies more and my enemies are not my enemies, but people potentially who might not like myself or the things I say, you know, I wish them the best. I do wish them the best. I should show it more. I think all humans would get a lot out of it if they followed your advice and, and showed people that potentially are, are, are in their opposition a little more respect and a little more dignity. I think that's a good point. Yeah. There's, there's honor mm -hmm. to be had hundred percent. Um, just to switch gears a little bit, Sean, 
I know you have knowledge of the economy and what's going on and how it works and whatnot. And you also dabble into cryptocurrencies. So why don't we hear a little bit about that? I have way too much money in cryptocurrencies. I got way too much money in that for someone who's got a, a sound mind. Sometimes I wonder if I do. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, I was doing pretty well. And then I wasn't. And I think that's the story of many clawing it back now. But it's, it's something... One thing people need to understand is financial freedom. And people will say, well, money isn't everything. It's not everything, but financial, you will never achieve full freedom until you don't have to worry about that bill coming out and that ruining your life. You won't lose your relationships, your loved ones, your friendships because of your shortcomings as an individual, as a wage earner, as a breadwinner. It's a tough, tough world out there. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's a tough world. And crypto stocks whatever it be earning financial freedom and finding a way to live somewhat in your own unique way autonomously from those that maybe aren't nefarious or wish you harm but certainly don't wish you well certainly whether it be inflation whether it be the policies put in place that are meant to only i guess only to turn society into a into a collective shade of beige. Where's the individuality? I mean, you have the power to be individual when you've earned sovereignty, at least financially and certainly, certainly culturally, individually, personality-wise. Yeah, I'm noticing too, and I'm sure everybody notices just how high the cost of living is today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard to get a down payment on a house or even like afford rent month by month. Well, absolutely. The value of your dollar shrinks and the cost of living increases and your wages don't change and nothing that gets done about it changes anything. Um, there certainly has to be some sort of awakening about the economic crisis we are about to, in, we are about to hit. It's, it's, people feel it when they feel it, but it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But if you notice you're buying less and you're paying a lot more and you notice it all around you, you notice it from, look, someone in the 70s, I don't think our average income has earned, has raised for a male. I think it's went down since the 70s while the inflation has went out of control. Uh, you could work as a, you could stock shelves at Walmart and have a stay at home wife and buy a house 50 years ago. You could do that. Imagine trying to not get CMHC or whatever it's called and put 20% down on a house. What's the average cost of a house? 450 grand, 20%. Who's got 80 grand to put down on a house and avoid CMHC? The thing is, is you buy a lot less and you pay a lot more. And, and why is that? Who, who's to say it's because the rapid inflation, the rising costs, the less money everybody has. But people, you want to avoid CMHC. Think of yourself as... You want to start a family. You're mid 20 year old. You're getting into your 30s. The house is all around you. And this is Alberta. This is the cheapest place in Canada. $450,000. Okay. Well, I want to avoid CMHC and not pay a crippling tax the rest of my life. Okay. Well, 450 times two, you know, you think of that. Okay. $90,000. Do you have a $90,000 down payment? Of course not. Okay. I'll go live in a pod in a community where everything looks the same and I'll pay an exorbitant amount of rent. And I'll never own anything. And that's unfortunately, I think, the path that has, we've kind of gone down. And what will it take to divert it? I'm not 100% sure. But do you think we're also kind of experiencing the moment where we're in hard times? So we're going to create resilience and adapt, adaptation, adaptability? Well, that's certainly the historical truth is that when you get into these tough times, it creates good people. It creates a harder... Um, hardened people that are willing to battle adversity and we've had it very cushy our entire lives any student of history knows that the world ain't as peaceful as canada was for the last hundred years you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know the world doesn't have it like us and we're seeing that across uh in ukraine many places in syria and libya and all these places yeah you we do, we have it easier than a lot of places and we are going to experience at least economically some serious uh strain going forward you look around, they say we're in the age of technology. Okay, we're in the age of technology. Some may say that. I credit my best buddy with this expression, but we're not. We're in the age of brutalism. We're in the age of maybe rampant technology, but we're the farthest we have ever been from um, uh, a renaissance that we could possibly imagine. We are so far from that. We are so 
lacking in creative thought. We are so lacking in culture. You go to a big city. What do you see? Steel, concrete, and glass. Do you see any marble? Do you see anything that inspires the human emotion of being proud of something? People overlook this. You know, it's been said before. If you look around and you see beige, you see crap, you feel like crap. And we're not surrounded by beauty anymore. We don't take, we don't value, we value dollars and cents. We value dollars and cents. Does anyone value something that looks beautiful? Does anyone value good looking architecture or should we just build a million more skyscrapers? Should we build a million more skyscrapers? This is brutalism. If you go to Europe, you see chandeliers, you see marble columns, you see very beautiful architecture. What, how are we supposed to feel like anything else? but cattle to the trough when our homes all look the exact same. Our cars all look the exact same. We all make very similar wages and everything you're supposed to inspire people. Renaissance was a cultural inspiration. It was after the dark ages. People said we need to feel like humans again. And I think we're at that point where right now we don't feel like humans and it's going to take, it's going to take a cultural awakening and I think it has to be done and we, we it starts it starts at the grassroots level we have to appreciate beauty more we have to appreciate the things around us more it's not all black and white dollars and cents communities matter things you see matter the environment around you matters things matter more than just numbers and GDP and expansion it, it, that's just my, I, it's just, that's how I look at things. I, I worry that we call ourselves, we say we're in an age of technology. I do not see it that way. Yeah, th there was a time too, like it, it even seeps into all kinds of industries, like the restaurant industry, for example, like you see a lot of the same thing when you go to certain restaurants, right? Like different, it's the same, the, the style looks the same, mm -hmm. the menus look the same. Yeah. And even with music, the mainstream, a lot of the songs sound the same. A lot of artists sing the same with like the, you know, those like the breathy kind of vocals or like the really sure. kind of lazy sort of like, it still sounds like good, but like, well, it's a formula. It's a, it's a formula. Exactly. A formula. Everything's a formula. You're not allowed to be an individualist. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it's looked down to be, why aren't you a member of this collective? Well, you know what? Because I'm different. And that's, that's a good enough reason. And music is the biggest example because Every single song is in the same chord progression. Everyone listens to it. It's all the exact same. It's the same five artists, songs written by some random billionaire in a studio that's almost dead, 80 years old, sold to some teen pop star, 20-year-old pop star. And it is brutalism. It is brutalism. Where Where is the spark that ignites creativity in society? Because I don't see it. And I read two back in school uh, when I took a class. Uh, it was, I think... It was like an intercultural communication class. And I learned that Japan's structure, they they kind of base their whole societal structure around individualism more so than mm -hmm. collectivism. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's, that's pretty good to an extent, you know, because we're so concerned about the whole collective picture yeah. these days that we kind of forget our own individual identities. Well, you have to be part of a community to many degrees and you have to understand, like I said, at the entire start of this conversation, you do have to, as an individual, be as unique, but you do have to adhere to values of collective courtesy and you have to, you have to treat people with dignity and you have to treat people with respect, particularly in public. Say what you want behind closed doors, but we can never lose that human element of respect and courtesy. But when it comes to identity and we, we aren't meant to be, I always say this, and I've probably said it too many times, but we aren't meant to be a singular soup of beige. We're very, it's, 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 it's a mosaic. We are very unique people. Why would you ever, why would you ever want to mask your individualism? We talk about many things, you know, the smallest minority is the individual and we have to look at that. And, 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 and it's important that we respect individual choice, individual freedoms and individual ways of life without demonizing, without admonishing people for not following the exact cutout of what we are supposed to be. There has to be individualism. And look at how much more beautiful of a world it would be. Did you imagine you live in a neighborhood? Oh, you have to have X amount of brick on your front yard. You have to have your grass cut like this. You're not allowed to build your house with this material. 
don't tell me what I can do on my property. I will do what I wish and it will be beautiful because in the end, we will have uniqueness, we will have individuality and people will be inspired by one another. That's how you learn new ideas. You don't learn new ideas. You don't become a more worldly person, a more thought out individual, a more well-rounded friend, husband, wife, parent. You don't become that by being absolutely stuck in the same rigid, rigid thought your whole life. And I, I think that I think that we don't respect the individual as much as we used to. And a lot of that comes down to a lack of common courtesy in our society. We'll, we, we'll get back there, but it does take, we need to look at things in respect to the individual a lot more. That being said, you still, you have to be, a, a socially, you have to be part of a collective in some degree. You can't build a wall around your house and flip off your neighbor every time you go out for a drive. Who wants to live in that society? Well, you just have anarchy at that point. That's uh, yeah. not right. No, anarchy is ridiculous. Anarchy is something that friends of mine are very interested in, in Kelowna. Something that in my younger, more libertarian days, I maybe understood. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You, we, We're human beings. We are naturally cohesive. Being part of a collective is, is only human nature. But that collective can be bound by so many different things aligned individual interests voluntary association it doesn't need to be identical human beings practicing everything the exact same way as one another we're part of this collective so i do this be yourself and when you align with people that's who you align with naturally and you will build great relationships that way we've all experienced it that's why we're friends with who we're friends with because we share interests not because we're forced to not because i changed who i am to align with these people someone told me i had to no you do it because you respect people you you share a common interest and therefore you build a relationship on that and you butt heads about many things so what Who but cares? it's also important to keep an open mind too because that vision really narrows sure. like the older you get sometimes yes and then you close your mind off to different perspectives yeah and your world gets really small. Yeah. Well, if you just stick to the values of common courtesy and you listen to people, you will... I've changed my mind many times. I've changed my mind many times in life. Why? Because I listened to someone that made a good point. Or I, I listened to... I've changed my musical preferences. I've changed so many things. And why? Because I was inspired by another individual. Not because I was told to. Because I wasn't... Not because it was popular. Because someone... Someone emitted... Someone did something and I liked it. And so now I do that as well. Mm -hmm. It's, it's never because it's a forced collective. It, it's, it's important to still be taught how to think, not what to think. That's the, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's exactly it. You, you should know how to think. And you know, anyone who has an opinion on anything should be able to argue the other side's opinion without flaw. Because you've thought it out and because you care about someone, you have empathy. You say, I can put myself in your shoes. I understand where you're coming from. Here's why I think that's incorrect. But that's not it. We're all in camps. We're all in camps now. It's tribal, right? But we get through that. I'm repeating myself, but we get through that with decency and respect for one another. And we're going to. You said tribal. That's a good way to put it, actually. Very tribal nowadays. We are very tribal. Can I tell you one thing that kind of scares me and it's kind of a weird fear to have at my age? Sure. I'm 80 years old and I realize I'm the only person left alive. Like in my circle, everybody I know is gone. Yeah. Does that ever cross your mind sometimes? The fear of, well, it crosses my mind in a different way. I often think about Time's always against us. And I guess I think of things in a different way. I worry that the people around me might pass before I get to be who I am. I'm very, I have very old parents. So it's very pressing for me that it's tough. I have 70 year old parents. I worry that they might not see my kid. I don't have kids. I'm 28. I don't have kids. Are they going to see a 15 year old child of mine? I don't know. I doubt it because that would entail me having kids right away. So I worry about many things like that. Now myself being the, I, I, I guess I don't in that sort of sense, but I see where you're coming from. Me being alone has never been the thing I fear most about death. The thing I fear most about losing people 
and those around me is is that I never did enough. It, it's a never-ending feeling, and, and I think you learn that as you get older, but, you know, I'm not close enough with members of my family. I should be. Uh, but my biggest worry is that I won't have, I guess, made the people that I care enough about proud of me. And that's a very heavy burden I've always carried. I, I, I have older parents. I know they would love to be grandparents. I know all of those things. But it, it's always pressing to me. I worry about losing those around me more than I worry about how I feel about losing those around me. But it's it's a very valid it's a very valid uh, fear. I mean, the fear of the unknown is, is anyone who denies it or anyone who says, oh, I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of that stuff. I'm so tough. You're lying to yourself. Why would you not be? How would you not be afraid of the unknown? You, you have no idea. You can have your faith and that's, that's wonderful. And we all should because it, it helps you as a person. We all should, whether we are religious or not, we should all believe in something or else what the heck has been the point? Like, like you, like you said earlier, being grounded, Mm -hmm. those principles help ground us. That's just it. And I feel like it's, it's an unfound concern of mine that I somehow wouldn't live up to the expectation. That's not how parents work. Parents love you unconditionally. And I have a great relationship with my parents, but it is, it is a burden to carry worrying, knowing that time is never on your side, is never on your side. Who will you show that you became a man i mean who am i going to show one day i mean like i said i have very older parents that you i guess my biggest fear is that i won't have time to show who i could become to those around me i worry more about it doesn't concern me as much about how i feel when those people have been lost although i will be incredibly broken it's that i didn't show them enough i didn't do enough to show them how they raised me who i am what parts of their character i inherited what parts i passed down to offspring that's very important to me it means a lot to me that uh, i had great parents and i intend to be a great parent one day and i intend my parents to for my parents to see that but that's that's my fear of the future i guess it's 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 different but it's also a painful reality of knowing yeah. that you can't control time. You, you can't say when I'm going to do this or yeah. how I'm going to do this because people progress at their own pace. Yeah. There's late bloomers. Mm-hmm. There's people that get it early. Mm-hmm. There's some people that never get it until way down the road. We, yeah. we don't really have that that grip over time, yeah. which which is obviously the most fearful thing of all. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's something we all live with. Everyone else is thinking the exact same thing. Whether they admit it or not, every single person is concerned with the future and with the unknown. And uh, my, I have highly, highly religious friends. And they've said the same thing throughout my life. What what the heck is the point if, if you don't believe that there is some good to come of it? If it's just soil and earth and decay, why would you even be alive? What the heck would be the point? We have like, it's good to be optimistic and we have to be optimistic or else you have to think about those golden years. You have to think about life after death too. I've never been an incredibly religious person. I've spoken a little bit about the journey I'm slightly on now. It's, it's very personal to me and I'll share more about it one day, but it's what would be the point of living if, if, if it's just soil and decay, I just don't understand what we have to always keep optimism the people you love around you, everybody should go knowing that they were loved and that they loved people. Everyone should. Give, and, give and you shall receive. Exactly. Exactly. And it's important. It's more important than people care to admit. They, people don't care to admit it. It's a, the whole world right now is a formula. Nobody sits down. Actually, that's, that's probably a generalization. But it's too few people sit down and, and think about the philosophy of it all. Why, why are you here? Why are, why are things the way they are? What is the general meaning of life? What is the purpose? Why, why do I do good things for other people? If I just end up worm food, why would I do good things for people? Who, who would care? No, you have to, at least whether you believe it or not, you have to maintain that part of what makes us human. If we weren't human, we would be wolves and we would be we would be degrading ourselves in the field. We're not wolves. You know, no matter how much evolution 
people want to tell you is the case. We aren't monkeys. We aren't apes. We are human beings with a very complex gene code with thoughts, feelings, consciousness that no other animal can imitate. Anyone who just tells you that you're an intelligent baboon is an idiot in my mind. You're not an intelligent baboon. Whether you believe, whatever you believe, religiously, philosophically, it's not black and white. And it's not, it's not, we're just, we're just baboons who figured out how to build a house and then split the nuclear atom. And now we have nuclear energy and we also have discussions like this. When I see a bonobo chimp in a podcast, I will respect the theory that we are just intelligent apes. Until I see a bonobo chimp talking to one another in sentient conversation, I don't respect that thesis. And why would I? We're sentient. We, we have to mean more to this world than any... I love animals, but we're not animals. And we can't allow ourselves to degrade ourselves. If life and death means so little, we're animals. And I'm not an animal. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way, actually. One thing I've come to understand, too, about the human psyche as well, and, and how we... Um, interpret things is that people have different needs and when somebody's trying to do something good sometimes you want to show people that you did something good mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of more focused on how people perceive you because you did something good rather yeah. than actually yeah. focusing on the fact that you did do something good yeah like hey like I donated something. Everybody needs to know that because I'm that good guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gratification. Gratification. And, and self-validity. Will you ever read the book Spirit Bear? Yes. Back in you school. Remember, I don't yeah. remember it super well, but at the end, the one person had said to the boy, I think he was an ex-con or something. He said, you didn't see a spirit bear. He says, yeah, I saw a spirit bear. I saw a white bear out there. They said, no, you didn't. He had the tuft of fur on him. He didn't show the guy to prove his point. He already knew. He already knew he saw it. He had the fur to prove it. Did he need to show anybody else? It's human nature to seek self-gratification. It's human nature to feel good. It's That's what likes are. We have mental illnesses in North America and Europe that don't exist in other parts of the world because of our obsession with self-gratification. That's proven concepts in psychology. Proven. And, and our access to technology, as we can allude to yeah, earlier. Absolutely. It's, it's proven science that there is definitely illnesses of the mental type um that are that root from our addiction to self-gratification likes instant instant gratification is actually more not long term we don't it's you know what i'm talking about it's it's that instant like factor and hey we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of it absolutely 100 percent. and people and it's good to some degree to be a good person to impress people there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that it's good to uh dress nice to show yourself you're looking good when you go out for a date with your girlfriend it's it's good to to show people that you at times can be benevolent and why not there's nothing wrong with that but unfortunately we were plagued by a large sect of the population that do things for the gratification they don't do it and then take the gratification they do it for the gratification they have no skin in the game and hey we're all guilty of this we all love it we all love when someone likes us we all love that we don't like when people dislike us so it it's human nature to 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 want that instant gratification people are gonna hate me because i always quote seinfeld but literally i just watched this episode i love Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah it's the best hey one of the greatest shows of all oh, time huh. george is like obsessing over jerry's girlfriend with george's girlfriend he's like she doesn't like me and then she's like why does yeah. everybody have to like you? he's like i have to be liked yeah. everybody has to like me yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's but that's it's true you don't like being disliked who who would why would you it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It, but it takes courage to sometimes stand up for something that potentially does result in, in admonishment from your peers. And, and why not? You have to you have to stand for things. You have to take you have to hold your ground on things you truly believe. But you all humans like gratification. And if you do things that better yourself and society, but also want the gratification, you know what? No harm, no foul. What is it? Is it surely sure? Is it is it more of a a moral and ethical battle with someone who's doing that? Maybe, maybe. But at the end of the day, they're doing good things, and we should encourage it. 
Oh, and yeah, you have to have a feeling towards it. That's what makes you human Mm -hmm. because you're just going back to the artificial thing we talked about, you know? If you can't, um, you know, freely, you know, appreciate that and and feel the invigorating experience and the feelings of actually accomplishing something and feeling good about it, then what's the point of doing it essentially if you you can't at least um, recognize like the the benefits of, of your psyche? Yep, exactly. You know, it. It's exactly as you said. If 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 we remove the human nature of it, if we remove the things that make us unique from wolves in a pack, then then we become a formula. We become a copy and paste that we'll we took from our parents and we'll pass down to our kids, and they'll they'll do the same things. No, we. You need to always remember that humanity is the biggest part of everything it's the biggest part of everything and and it's not just a rat race it's it's not it's not just about if okay self-gratification is very good it's good if you if you're doing good things and you want to be appreciated for it there's nothing no harm no foul but we should just do good things we should just do good things and we should do them more than i certainly do them we should do things every day for for other people and it can be small it can be big it can be bringing up the spirits of someone you haven't talked to in a while lifting up their spirits saying hey you know it's been good i thought of this you know i thought of you you know here's something that's going on in the near future what do you, what do you think of this it it's it takes very little but it goes a long way and i think society we need to return to that it's a weird way to connect this to love language when mm-hmm. you think of a relationship you know mm-hmm. understanding how the two of you, yeah. you know, work off one another, right? Yeah. How you guys function as a couple. That applies to society as a whole. We have to understand the way we communicate with each other better. Yeah. Understand it, each other's love language towards each other. Well, it's a big part of education and many things we do. It's a very it's a very particular way things are supposed to be done, but we don't accommodate for the, the vast differences between individuals, person to person. It's Everyone is so unique. And, uh, it's, it's too much, it's too much of a structured, structured, um, uh, you could say society, you need a structured society, but the outlook of people, it's very, it's like I said earlier, it's tribal. It's very in one camp or in the other. It's very my way or the highway. People don't take the time to learn about other people's pasts, their, their present, learn, understand empathize put yourself in other people's shoes do do many people do that anymore i mean we should we should always think about how other people have it worse i tell my girlfriend this sometimes when we're having a bad day think about how much worse someone else has it it's an easy thing to say but think about how much worse someone else has it someone's dodging a bomb someone can't pay for their food someone's on the street you have to stop and smell the flowers sometimes you know we're still very blessed to live where we live absolutely 100 percent You know, it's, there's, there's truth to that phrase more than people respect. You stop and smell the flowers. And it's, it's, it's about that particular thing this whole discussion has been about. And that's the human element of everything we do. And you're, you're supposed to appreciate things. You're supposed to see the beauty in things. Life isn't just a cascade of concrete, steel, hammers and wrenches, which is what my life pretty well is. It's just working and spinning wrenches. That's all I do. And it's also not a um, smooth sailing straight road. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. And you take the, the bumps as they come. It only helps you appreciate the times, the, the good times. If you have to get through adversity, it only helps you build yourself as a person and it will make your relationship stronger, your psyche, your, your grounding, your structure as a human, your, your foundation, your found it will only make everything stronger for you to learn and grow. And, you know, maybe this conversation has been a bit pie in the sky, me just throwing out uh, happy talk, but it's important. And we lose the sight of these things very quickly in this mechanized world, in this very structured world. We, we have to, for lack of any better phrase I can think of off the top of my head, we have to stop and smell the flowers and we have to love one another we have to respect one another and have these conversations absolutely and it's more important now than ever before Mm -hmm. it just seems amplified because everything's interconnected right 100 percent. the stakes seem higher yeah 
the stakes are higher. The stakes it's a global, are higher. a global scale. Yeah, we shouldn't underestimate the precarious situation that is going to uh, engulf the world. And it, 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 all it is 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 it's it's going to be a bit of a rocky road. And people are going to turn to those that they love. And I'm mostly talking economical, but the world isn't getting safer. That's a reality we all have to agree with. We all understand it's not getting safe. It's getting safer in many, many ways. But for the average person like myself, like yourself, like those around us, we're going, we're going to experience some rocky waters, some, some times of adversity. And we're only going to get through that through, through individual strength and respect for the community. I, b- both those things are very important. They might sound opposite to one another, but I love Leduc. People might laugh at that. Oh, Leduc, why you, why you live there? Why don't you move to the city? I love this place. And I'm, I, why would I leave to the city? I want to make this place better. I've been here my whole life. Where, what am I going to do? Go and start. What effect could I have somewhere else that I couldn't have here around people that raised me? Whether I don't know any of the people around me, but these streets raised me. I mean, this is who made us who we are. I'm not saying everyone has to stay where they are, but take, put skin in the game in your community and care about it. You know what, man? I totally agree with you. It's one thing to to want to go somewhere else. Mm. I got no ill will against that. You know, if you want to, if you want to see the world, if you want to live somewhere else, all the power to you. Of course, everybody's different, right? I guess the point is though, like. Your home is your home, and you have a lot of reasons to leave just as much as you have a lot of reasons to stay. So it's really just personal preference. And I just like to live in a nice localized community such as Leduc, and I'm proud to to be here. And hey, Edmonton's just down the road of Leduc, so I work in Edmonton, and I spend a lot of time there. I'm happy to leave at the end of the day and come back to Leduc, and I'm happy to go to Edmonton when I leave for work every day. So it's a good trade-off. It's a nice area to be balanced out in. And I guess the point of my little spiel here is that just no matter where you go, no matter how far away you are on the planet, no matter where you travel or what you do with your life, just never forget where you came from. Appreciate your roots and forge that with your identity or at least make it a part of it. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Like I honestly, man, like this is my home. Just like you said, like uh, the streets raise me. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is my home, Leduc, Alberta. Yeah. I'm proud to call it as such. And if you go somewhere for a career, very respectable reason to leave. There's no, there's no unrespectable reason. I don't think that's a word. Disrespectable reason to leave. Yeah, people do what they wish to do. But takes, take a part of the things around you. Care enough about. Be a good person. It doesn't mean you have to be super involved. Pick up litter when you see it on the ground. Don't throw your cigarette butts outside the window. Don't. Maybe wave to your neighbor once in a while. Have a casual conversation. If Maybe go out of your way to be a people person, even if you're not. Just try. You need skin in the game. Or else what? Or else what? We're just pawns. We're just, we're just herded cattle. If we, if we all live in our respected stall and we all do our thing without any interaction, just ships passing, what is a country? What is a city? What is a community? What even is a family? It's nothing. It's nothing without interactions with one another and genuine interactions and we we all have to be better i have to be way better we all have to be better uh to make the places around us worth living whether you're in the place you're from whether you're not you need skin in the game or else you won't be a part of the solutions you won't be a part the things you think would be beneficial to your community to those you love to those immediately around you it will not come to fruition if you have no skin in the game it just will not yeah, 100%. Um, you don't want to be the angry man yelling at the clouds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Sean, as I expected, this was a very enlightening conversation. I always enjoy talking to you, and thanks for being on Shatter the Glass for the first time. Uh, it was cool of you to do this, and obviously we'll have you on board again. Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I was just listening to your episode with Kim. It was very enlightening as well, very good deep conversation and uh i enjoy this this is what i do i just talk yeah i'm an electrician i'm i'm an electrician for work you're a man, i just talk you're a man of the people all i do is talk and talk <laughs> too much and people some people don't like it but 
this is what I do. So if you ever want another conversation, Zane, I'm always here. And I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, anytime, man. I like it. I like listening to you. Yeah. So that's oh, perfect. Well, at least someone does. There you go, man. Okay, All well, right. we'll see you next time, Sean. Wonderful, buddy. And thank you, my listeners, for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on any platform that you're on. Give us a rating and just follow along for the long-term ride. So once again, I'm your host, Zane Tomich. This is Shadow of the Glass. We'll see you next time.